0: Well, we started, what has it been now? Uh, four, this is fifth, the fifth week we've been talking about what on earth am I here for? And it's a question that I, I think is relevant to young folks, it's relevant to middle-aged and to older folks. As long as we're drawing breath, we're probably thinking those kinds of thoughts. Something similar to that is what on earth am I here for? Four, you know, the uh, song we just listened to, one part of it was talking about, you know, when someone lives to serve and not to just be served, you know, you know, you know, you know, that God is on the move, on the move. When someone lives to serve, and that's, I mean, that's what they're doing, their, their passion is to serve, you can tell that God is on the move at least wise, in their life. So is God on the move in your life? Think about that for just a moment. You know, uh, there are five purposes of your life. We've talked about three of them so far. We'll talk about the fourth one, you know, today. But the five purposes, the five reasons, you know, that God created you, the, the five assignments, if you would, that, you know, God has Destined for your life. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember what they are. The first one, you're called to be loved. Yeah, that's a good one. When you recognize even before he created the world, God had you in mind. He said, I'm going to create you so I can love you. It's pretty awesome when you think about that. You're also called to belong, to belong to his family. Last week, we talked about you uh, were created. You've been called to become become to grow up to mature to become like Jesus that's exactly right so this morning we want to talk about you've been called to bless to bless others you have been called and created to bless other people now how do we go about doing that we bless others by serving you're you're a great blessing when you serve somebody and I think there's a depth to this and a dimension to this a lot of people have no clue of. They just don't understand that, you know. So, how can we serve? Is there just one way? No. There's tens of thousands of ways that we can serve Almighty God, you know. We serve others, and when we serve them, we actually bless them. God has shaped you. Just look at your shape. Well, he shaped us. He has wired us, you know, to serve him by serving others. Um, in the book of Ephesians, and this is actually your memory verse as well, chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. You are unique. Look at the person beside you. They are Unique. You're God's masterpiece. And he goes on to say here, He has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. You are God's work of art, His masterpiece. You're unique. And all along, He created you anew in Christ but so you could do the good things, the good works. It says He planned for you when? Long ago. This is part of God's plan for you to do good deeds for you to do good works this is his plan and and, and you're the you're you're shaped you're, you're you're sculpted if you would into a shape that serves so when it says good things these good works it it means ministry you go, ministry ministry so my service it it's the way that you can bless somebody else through serving them so god put you here and he intends every one of us to make a contribution and i'm not talking about just from a wallet or a pocketbook he's called us to make a contribution with our life with our time and and with our energy now the word servant the word servant is the same word as the word minister sometimes we have this tendency to elevate the word minister, oh, there's a minister. You know what you're saying when you say, oh, that person's a minister? You're saying, they're a servant. It's like, hey, could you give me a glass of water, you know? It's a servant. You know, so when we aspire to to ministry, you, you know what the word ministry means? It's same as, you know, service, you know. Ministry is service. Minister is servant. That's what it is. You look it up in the dictionary, you know. If somebody wants ever ask you, well, how many ministers are at Faith Living Church? You can tell them all oh, a little bit more than 700. <laughs> 700 ministers? Well, a little more than 700 ministers are a part of Faith Living Church. Because, see, we're all called to ministry. We're all called. God created you and he called you to serve. And by serving others, you bless them, you know. When you begin to serve, God is on the move in your life and through your life, and you make an eternal difference when you allow him to begin to move through your life. You know, your life calling is to be bivocational, a bivocational minister of Jesus. And we all have been called To do that. Now you understand bivocational. How many of you here uh, are familiar with the term bifocals? Some of you are going, you know, you know what bifocals are, don't you? See, with bifocals, and you know, I know we have uh, progressive glasses now, it's the same thing, but different, you know. But it allows you, bifocals allows you to see two things at the same time. Two things, you know. You can see far away, and you can see up close with bifocals. You know, you you look down, you can read your paper, you look up, and you can see the distance with with bifocals. And and you can see with clarity, and God has called us to a bi-vocational, if you would, ministry. Of Jesus Christ, you know. And it means no matter what you do in life, you do it by vocational, you do it for two reasons, not one. So whether you're a truck driver, whether you're an attorney, a custodian, a hospice worker, whether you're a homemaker or a teacher or some kind of a deal maker, you know, stockbroker, accountant, a farmer, And the list can go on. It really doesn't matter. If you're a Christian, you know, you do what you do for two reasons. And that is to help others and to honor God. You say, I can do that where I work? Absolutely. You were called. You were created. And any place of business is extremely blessed by Almighty God when you are there to serve others. And you live your life and what you do in a God-honoring way. And when you recognize that you are by vocational in ministry, you know, you can see far, you can see close up, but you live your life, and in the area in which you, you, you live, you serve other people, and you honor God. Those two ingredients are to be a part of everything in our life. That's what you were shaped for. You were wired for that. You understand i mean this building was wired for lights you know it would be a shame to have all the wiring everywhere and have no lights and 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 no power being released in this room but you were wired to help other people you were wired to honor god and no matter what you know uh you know job or career you've chosen these are two things that god has called you to this bivocational ministry to help others, to serve others, and to honor God. That's what we're talking about. Uh, let's look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, and it says, Whatever you do, whatever, and, and there's nothing exempt here. It says, whatever you do, whether with your words or your deeds, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus as a representative of Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, whether it's with words or whether it's deeds and actions, it says do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, as a representative of Jesus. You're helping other people and you're honoring God. So whatever you do, whatever it might be, it can be ministry. And that word just means serving, you know? It can be ministry. When you honor God and you're helping other people. Taking the garbage out. Can that be ministry? Absolutely. It is, you know. You know, whether you're changing a dirty diaper, can that be ministry? Absolutely. Cleaning the living room, mowing the grass, you know, walking across the street to help a neighbor somehow or another. Everything that we do can be as a representative of Jesus Christ when you do it to help others and you do it to honor Almighty God. So whatever you do, do it with the right motivation. I'm doing this to honor God. I'm doing this to help somebody else. You know, you've been called to bless. And when you serve, you do bless. Menial, you you heard that word menial? Menial tasks become meaningful tasks when you apply it this way, when you do it out of the love for God and love for people. The smallest thing that you do becomes so meaningful when you're doing it out of love for God and other people. You're helping someone. You're serving them. It might just be a little, it might be holding the door. It might just be giving them a smile. And we had time to go through all those things, those little bitty things, sometimes the difference between life and death for some people. The little things that we do, but when we do it, to honor God and to serve somebody else then all of a sudden it takes on significance as small as it might be um, you ever just jump in and, and help somebody just imagine this for a moment and, and and this is really what I'm talking about here when you just jump in and you do something that needs to be done you know you ever sitting around a bunch of tables you have picnics family gatherings and all and about the time things is winding down, some people just jump up. They're not paid to do it, you know. They're not delegated to do it. They just jump up and they start clearing the table and throwing things in the garbage can and pulling off the tablecloths and washing. Do you ever see people do stuff like that? They understand they were wired, they were shaped to serve. And they just jump up and do it. Do you ever jump up and just do something? You know, you walk in across the church along there, you're on your way up the stairs there and you see a piece of trash laying on the, uh, on the lawn. What do you think? Somebody around here is paid to get that. We chuckle because it's the truth, you know. Or do we jump and go, hey, you know what, let me just get that. This is my church. This is my home. I want to look nice, you know. But see, having the heart where I want to honor God with everything that I do. Everything, that whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, doing it as His representative. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirty-one. It so says: So whether you eat, you know, or drink, or whatever you do, this is very broad. It's all inclusive. Whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, do it all. For the glory of God and the word glory just means the honor of God think about that for a moment whatever you do whatever you eat now there are some things that you could probably eat and you know it's not good for you is that true you could know you know it's just gonna knock me out of commission for a day if I eat this I know I shouldn't eat this but I'm just gonna eat anyhow you know and you know well it may be cutting off days or weeks of your life because the doctor said You shouldn't eat. This is really, really bad for you, right? And your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, is it not? So whether you eat or drink, you know, the Bible says, or or whatever you do, do it all, you know, uh, for the glory of God. So so what do you eat today and what you eat this week, whatever you drink today and whatever you drink this week, and, and, and all the little things that you do, Can you do those in a way that honors and glorifies God? If the question is like, well, I can't eat that and I can't drink that and and bring honor to God. Well, then you ought not to eat it or drink it. Does that make sense? There's There's a song that's talking about do everything. And I want you all to listen to that before we go on.
1: on the living room floor for the 15th time today matching up socks sweeping up lost Cheerios that got away you put a baby on your hip and color on your lips and head out the door while I may not know you I bet I know you wonder sometimes In the Congo. Or maybe you're working at the office, singing along with the radio. Maybe you're dining at a five-star or feeding orphans in the
0: So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever even little thing you do, do it all for the glory of God, the honor of God. Because we've been called to serve, to help others, and we've been called to honor God with every little thing, even our eating, our drinking, and every daily activity. We do it in a way that honors Almighty God. See, when I stepped across the line many years ago, as many of you have, and I stepped across the line, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I also stepped up, whether I knew it or not. But every Christian has been called to serve. And when you accept Christ as your Savior, you're stepping across a line, you're stepping up to serve, and to serve in such a way that it just honors the almighty God. And it makes a difference in this world. The little things, and, and, and we're so unconscious of it sometimes, the little things that we do. But it honors God, and it makes a difference in this world. And the little thing that you do to serve somebody else. And I know, you have felt this, i felt this at times. You ever feel a nudge that you know you should do something? You should just give somebody a phone call, or send them a text, or you should help that lady who's trying to get her groceries in the car or have you ever felt like well i should just do it's just a little something but it's very easy to ignore it that's just god tugging at us to do what he created us to do to serve we were shaped and we're wired to serve In, in galatians i know it says chapter six unless they changed it from last night but it's really galatians chapter five verse 13 what does it say six okay The the words are right. The reference was my fault. I put the wrong reference there, okay? But it's Galatians 5, verse 13, and it says, For you have been called to live in freedom, freedom from our sin, and freedom from the consequences of our sin. Christ came to, to set us free. And it says, You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. This includes all gender, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom... To satisfy your sinful nature. And you know what? Our nation is really big on that. You know, we're free, we can do whatever we jolly well please, you know. As long as I'm not hurting somebody else, I'm living for me, you know? And I'm free to do whatever I want or, or not to do whatever I don't want, you know. And that's the mentality. I'm free to do whatever I want. I live in a free nation, I can do whatever I want to do. But we violate what this says often. It says, For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. The freedom that we have been given, we were shaped for this. We're wired for this. We're created for this, you know, to serve one another. That's where God is on the move. When we begin to serve, God is on the move. It's absolutely amazing. When we begin to serve, God shows up and he's on the move. Everybody is a minister. Everybody has a ministry. The thing is, are you taking advantage of the opportunities that God gives you every day to serve? And you can back away from that if you choose to. But you were created. You are wired who serve other people in a way that honors the Almighty God. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 says, But God in His grace chose me even before I was born. God chose me before I was born and called me to do what? To serve Him. Before you were born, God had this plan for you to serve him. This is the fourth calling on your life. You're called to serve. You're shaped to serve. You're made, you know, for service, for for ministry. That's what you're made for. You're you're called to bless other people by serving them in a God-honoring kind of way. So when you change the focus from... It's all about me. Do you know of folks in this world in which we live who feel that way? It's really, it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me and my comfort and my desires and my will, it's all about me. But when we can change that focus from it's all about me to it's all about serving. From the time I wake up in the morning, it's all about serving, looking for an opportunity to serve in a God-honoring kind of way you know well first thing um, to remember is when you change this focus things begins to happen you know God is on the move when no longer is it all about me but it's all about serving God is on the move God is on the move things begin to happen in supernatural kind of ways so first thing is you know serving others unselfishly i mean because there are some motives that are very pure selfish you know i'm serving because of this and because of this and because of this but serving others unselfishly it creates true joy massive amounts of joy in our lives and i'm not talking about happiness Happiness is fleeting. It shows up for a few moments because something good happens, so we're happy for a little while, you know. But serving unselfishly, it, it creates true joy. And people are looking for happiness, I think there's a song about it, you know, in all the wrong places, you know. They're looking for it in all the wrong places, and it's, it's selfish, and, and they're not really finding it, you know. See, you don't find true joy in pleasure. Is it not okay to be, have pleasure? Well, it is, but if your whole pursuit of pleasure is to find true joy, you won't find it there. True joy is not found in pleasure or in power. True joy is not found in possessions. Now just look at the tag sales. They tell you that, don't they? You know? True joy is not found in position or prestige or, or popularity. It really isn't, you know. Success doesn't bring permanent, ongoing joy. It doesn't bring satisfaction. Success doesn't. There's a lot of people who are successful and they're just empty and they're, they're hollow. Sex doesn't. So did he say what I thought he said in church? I did. Sex doesn't bring permanent, ongoing joy and satisfaction. It doesn't. If you think about this, a salary, it does not bring permanent, ongoing joy and satisfaction. And status doesn't bring permanent, ongoing joy and satisfaction. These are all temporary, you see. These are temporary things. Permanent, ongoing joy comes through service, through serving, by giving your life away. Giving our lives away. And here's the key, here's the secret to joy. Joy. You know, get your focus off of yourself, and I can guarantee you this: you know, you don't need no more medications to deal with depression when you change your focus from you to serving others. You start serving others and touching other people's lives, and it's amazing what takes place. That old big cloud of darkness that kind of like parks itself over top of your head is gone when you're. You know, your focus is, oh, how how can I, who can I, oh, how can I serve them, you know? What can I do? What can I do? And you do it in a God-honoring way, you see. And the more you focus on you, the more miserable you're going to be. That's the truth of it, you know. Now, it's not an accident that the word miser, and I might mispronounce this, miserable, that's the way it's spelled, it is not an accident that these two words, miser and miserable, some people mispronounce it, they call it miserable, you know, but it's not a secret, you know, it's not an accident that these two words come from the exact same root, a miser, it's all about me, I don't need nobody else, you know, it's all about me. And me is miserable, just miserable, you know. So we are got to shift our focus, you know, from inward, it's all about me, to outward, it's all about God, it's all about serving other people. And the more you give your life away to help others, the more joy, massive amounts of true joy will flood into your life. Listen to what it says here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 17. It says, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life. Pouring it out. You understand that, right? You know, pouring your life out. You know, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I really want to pour my life out. Listen to what the Bible says. Philippians 2 17 but I will rejoice even if I love my life oh is there a difference between losing your life and loving it he says I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out pouring my life out like a liquid offering to God it was called a drink offering in the 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 Bible you know I mean not only was there grains there would be poured out but there was liquids i mean even an olive oil offering there was a liquid offering that was poured out and he says but i will rejoice even if i lose my life pouring it out like a liquid offering to god just like your faithful service oh you know when i'm serving it's like pouring out my life just like your faithful service is an offering to god when you're serving others and you're pouring your life out to god and i want all of you to share that joy the, the joy of this faithful service. And, and a lot of people go, you know, I, I can't really do that. I mean, there, there's not much left for, for me if I pour my life out for other people. But God, power aid, man. When you pour your life out for others, God will always top you off. You know what I'm saying? And you think, well, I don't really have enough. And God goes, well, what does it say in the 23rd Psalm, the last part of it? My cup, it runneth over, you know. So God is always topping you off. That tastes a lot better than that water did. God is always topping you off (laughs) when you're pouring your life out for somebody else. So you go, well, I... I give my time and my energy and, and even my money, and, 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 and I just have less. No, you do not. If you think that, you do not know God. You think the widow who gave her two mites, where Jesus poured out to his disciples, look at that woman. She's given more than all those guys dropping drop in big bags of gold. She gave all she had, and it was her, it was her food money for that day. Honestly. Jesus pointed her out to his disciples. Do you think that woman went without a meal that day? Absolutely not. I'll guarantee you that Jesus' and the disciples hosted her somehow or another, and she had the most awesome meal, and she went home with more than she ever imagined she would have, not because she was after it, but because she poured her life out for others. See, we, we have this limited mindset. What well, if I... Pour my life out, I ain't going to have much for me. But every time you pour your life out for somebody else, God's always going to top you off. Always top you off. And, And your cup runs over. You know what I'm talking about? That's why God gave us hair. You know that, right? I might have some bees chasing me the rest of the day, though. I know that. Okay. So it's a fact the most helpful people, honestly, are the most joyful people. That is true. That is true. So you look around and you see the guy's smiling. They're always helpful, even in the menial things. But they're so meaningful. They're making a difference, you know. If you want to be joyful, you got to be helpful. Pull your life out. The more you're helpful, the more joyful you are. And the more self-centered you are, the more joyless, unhappy you're going to be in life, you know. Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 says, Always be full of joy. What is full of joy? What's another word? Joyful. Joyful. Full of joy. It's the same thing. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. And you remember what the Bible says. says, the joy of the Lord is my, my strength. So when you're, you're helpful, your, your joy is going to, true joy is going to fill up and overflow. And you're going to find the strength of Almighty God. God is on the move in the life of a man or a woman who's pouring their life out for somebody else. God is on the move there. And it affects everything you do. Every little thing that you do, you're doing it to, to help somebody and to honor God. God's on the move. And you will never, ever pour yourself out without God topping you off. You know what I'm saying? Boy, somebody's got a mess to clean up here. You know what I'm saying? Well, I've got another service, so I don't want them to see red stuff on my front. You know, so... You know that's why you wear shirts, right? I know long sleeves are better than (laughs) you do stuff like that and all. But I don't have a long sleeve shirt on this morning. Okay. So let me read this verse one more time. Philippians 4, 4 says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. And that comes by being helpful. You're going to be joyful. He says it comes that way. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. Verse 5 says, let everyone see that you are, what's that word? Considerate, Considerate, which means unselfish. Considerate, thinking of others, serving others, and you're thinking, now what can I do? What can I do to serve that person? You're considering, you're thinking, you're pondering, what can I, how can I go about doing that What can I do? Let everyone see that you're considerate in all, Every little thing you do, what you eat, what you drink, every little thing, let everyone see that you're considered in all you do and remember the Lord is coming soon. You know, that's just the way God has wired this universe. He, he's made it that the more unselfish we are, the more unselfish we are, the more joy that flows in. The more selfish we are, the joy just, you know, you, you, you ever uh, see a have a soda, and just kind of go flat on you? It's like, oh man, it's so like you go, well, Where's the effervescence? Where's the bubbly? It's gone. It's just kind of flat. Philippians chapter two, verse five says, "Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Don't be obsessed with just, you know." Looking out for number one, which is you. Don't be obsessed, it says here. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Forget about me so I can lend a helping hand and be helpful and serve somebody else in a God-honoring way. That's what he says. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. How did Christ Jesus think of himself? He thought of himself as a servant. He came here. He left his riches in glory. He came here to serve. He came here to die in your place. He came. He was feeding the hungry and healing the sick and comforting the The uncomfortable, I mean, he came here to serve. And the scripture says, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. If you're lacking joy in your life, hey, start serving. That's the cure. Well, I I need some joy in my life. Start serving. And and I'm telling you, this is not just some clever little something to say. This is reality. Find a place where you can volunteer and begin to serve. Give part of your life away. Pour your life out, because what's going to happen when you pour your life out? God's going to top you off, you know? Your cup's going to overflow. My shirt's going to be soaked here in a moment, you know? But if there's nowhere in your life where you're serving others on a weekly basis you're living a pretty selfish life because you were created to serve you're not reaching your full potential you're not satisfied you're not really happy not 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 joyful if you're not serving and making a difference in somebody's life you know what is that question we've been talking about for five weeks now What on earth am I here for? Well, what we're talking about this week is biblical. Throughout the Bible there, I am here on earth to serve, to help people, to honor God. And when I begin to honor God and I begin to help people, it makes a difference. You you, got to make a contribution with your time and your energy. You know, you got to be unselfish. And that's where the joy comes from. Now, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Because if you'll use the gifts that God's given you to help others, you feel really good about that. You know, joy comes. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. He's given each of you a gift. Look at your neighbor. He's given them a gift. Each one of you have a gift. And it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And he says, do what with them? Hide them well. Uh That's not what he says. He says, use them well to do what with? To serve one another. God blesses us so we can bless other people. He says, you have been gifted by Almighty God to serve. We, we think our gifts is only to make money. God wants you to have a job. He wants you to provide for your family. And he'll bless that. But he has given you this capacity to serve, to make a difference in other people's lives, and to honor him. That's why he's given us these gifts. He says so. And serving, this is amazing, it will improve all of your relationships. Every relationship you have will be improved by Serving. And practicing serving. We practice everything else we want to get good at, don't we? Practice serving. Uh, let me see, where's a good place to start that practice at? Uh, in the home? <laughs> you know, practice serving. I mean, you know, God has gifted us so we can serve, and relationships are greatly improved when we focus on others and we focus on serving. You know, the root of every single relational problem in our life now there's a lot of issues wrapped into it but the root of every single relational problem in our life is self-centeredness that's the root of every relational problem you know is self-centeredness selfishness i want my way 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 And see that selfishness; it creates a lot of relational problems. But when we recognize, I've been creating this. Sort over of, here, you first. No, no, you first. I reckon you can take that to the extreme as well. I said you first. You know, don't get that far wrong. Okay, do it with kindness. All right. Proverbs chapter thirteen verse ten says, "Only by pride." What's the center letter of pride? I. P R I D E says, only by pride cometh contention. When you have an ego, you know, you're going to have conflict. Ego, conflict go together. Like Aunt Jemima pancakes in her syrup, you know? (laughs) Ego, conflict. Ego, conflict. Ego does not like to serve. Ego likes to be served. Ego lives for itself. Matthew chapter 20, verse 26, it says, and Jesus is talking. He says, whoever wants to be a leader, go to a leadership conference. (laughs) I've been to quite a few leadership conferences, you know. But that's not actually what it says, does it? That's not the best training for leadership. He's, Jesus says, whoever wants to be a leader among you must. Did it say you got to be rich to be a leader? That's not what it says? You, you don't have to have a position in the community to be a leader? It says, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave because that's what Jesus did. He came, the lowest, I've come here to serve. Jesus genuinely came here to serve. Remember when he washed the disciples' feet? He says, you do as I do. He wasn't so much talking about washing feet as he was, that's the position of the lowest of the lowest servants was to wash people's feet when they came to your home. Matthew 20, picking up in verse 28, it says, for even the son of man, this is Jesus talking about himself, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. Just I didn't come for you all to serve me. I came to serve you. That's what Jesus said. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to pour his life out. Did, did, did Jesus really suffer and end up with less because he poured his life out? No, he was able to reach you and me. He, he was raised from the dead and his life still overflows. Okay, you're waiting for that, I know. It's overflow. The Lord doth provide. Awesome. Thank you. And I didn't even ask him to do that either. That was just... Serving, you know, thinking of other people. Awesome, you know. So there's two incredible benefits happen when we serve. You become more like Jesus. That's number one. And you become more loved, more respected by other people. Did you know that? When you serve, that's what happens. If you want to have more friends, serve. Learn to be a servant. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Don't try to be interesting. When you go, well, I'm going to just be as interesting as I can be, you know, and do all kinds of crazy things. People do crazy things, don't they, to attract, you know, be interesting. You know, it's like entertain, huh, you know. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Be interested in others. See, there's a difference. Don't try to be interesting, but be interested. Hey, how's things going for you? You know, what can I do for you, you know? Tell me a little bit about what's going on. What's your, school, what's your career? You know, how's things in the, you know, oh, while wow, you do that, tell me more about that. So you not just try to be interesting, but be interested. And so to be interested in others, this is the truth. I, I, it may not seem that way, but to be interested in others, they'll think that you're the greatest person in the world because everybody else is interested in it about themselves. While you're having a conversation, They're not even listening to you. They're thinking about what they're going to say. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's not serving, see. It really isn't. Well, Romans chapter 14, verse 18 says, Your task is to single-mindedly serve Christ. Do that and you will kill two birds with one stone, pleasing the God above and proving your worth to the people around you. Do you hear what he said here? By serving... You're going to please God above and you're going to prove your worth to the people around about you. Serving, helping other people, blessing them, making a difference in their life, honoring God is what he's talking about here. Do that and you'll kill two birds with one stone, pleasing the God above you and proving your worth to the people around you. Verse 19 says, so let's agree to use all our energy in getting along with each other and helping others with encouraging words. We're thinking about considering Consider, what can I say to encourage that person? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, in the Message Bible, it says, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Does that make sense? Now, let me ask you something here. If I plant an apple seed, do I get back another apple seed? No. The answer is no i get back a tree of apple seeds. Does that make sense? I mean, hundreds. Actually, in the life of the tree, thousands of apple seeds come back. So when you plant an act of kindness to somebody else, what's going to happen to you? You pour out your life, God's going to top you off. That makes sense? And I can do this and not end up wet anymore. You know, this is cool. Awesome. Because somebody was thinking about me. Think about this. When you plant a seed, you get back a tree of seeds. You really do. Well, let me read Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. One more time, I'll read it out of the New Living Translation. It says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I mean, I could use some refreshing sometimes. Well, actually, I often get refreshed, you know? Because what you plant when you help others others end up helping you have you ever noticed that it's amazing how this thing works and if a person says well I'm just too busy to serve in any of ministry right now you just forfeited God's blessing on your business on your work and on every little thing you do can you honestly say well I'm too busy to honor god and i'm too busy to help other people because i'm trying to get ahead that's a guaranteed way that you ain't gonna get ahead because you're forfeiting god his blessings upon your life because you're you're not doing what you were created now let me tell you he's gonna bless your business he's gonna bless your life and bless your family and your health and your finances and all those kinds of things your relationships and all when you're willing to pour your life out he's always going to top you off you understand well, no, I, I, don't, I don't have time and energy to pour anything out. It's all for me. You yeah, plain old bland water, you know? Ain't near as good as what power aid, you know, comes in. You know what I'm saying there? Okay. Proverbs 17:11 says, Do you do yourself a favor when you're kind? You do yourself a favor. You know, so saying, hey, hey, can you do me a favor? Yeah, what what can I do? When you help somebody else, you're actually doing yourself a favor. That's that boomerang effect. Comes right back at you. Proverbs 22, 9 says, Generous hands are blessed hands. Everybody look at your hands for a moment. The hands you're looking at, are those blessed hands? He says, Generous hands are blessed ones. No, you know, that doesn't look good does it you walk around like that people going hey get away from me (laughs) see meaning comes from ministry meaning in life comes from serving meaning does not come from material possessions or how much money you got meaning does not come from that meaning comes from serving and, and ministry to others mark chapter 8 verse 35 says If you try to hang on, Jesus is talking, if you try to hang on to your life, I'm talking about by being selfish, you know, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, if you pour it out, if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. You will have true life, Other translation says. When you pour it out, you're going to have true life when you give your life away. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. I mean, it's so much stand your ground. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work... How do you pronounce that word? Enthusiastically! Not (laughs) half-heartedly. Here, can I help you? no he says we are to work enthusiastically for the lord i mean we're going to dive into the deep of the pool no just tiptoeing into the shallows uh-huh. <laughs> dive in that's what he's talking about here you know let me read again so my dear brothers and sisters be strong and immovable always work enthusiastically for the lord for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing you do uh, for the Lord is ever wasted. Nothing you do for the Lord is in vain. Nothing that you do for the Lord is without a purpose. God blesses everything you do for him when you're serving and helping other people. All right. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7, it says, Good people will be remembered as a blessing. Here's my question to you. Let's just say for a moment, we start preparing. Hope you don't mind me using this term, but we start preparing tomorrow for your funeral. Some people woke up. We're going around the room, and all your family, all your friends, and your neighbors, and your associates, and all, and say, Well, hey, you know, we'll have this funeral for. Sister, so-and-so, brother, son. What do you, tell me what you remember about
1: him. Oh, he was a
0: stick, he was the meanest honest cuss I ever met in my life. (laughs) Really? I don't think we're going to use that at the funeral, though. But what are you going to be remembered for? What will people remember you for? Well, I always speak my mind. Well, sometimes it's good to lose something, you know. What is it, I read it somewhere on a bumper sticker? Of all the things I've lost, I miss my mind the most, or something like that. (laughs) If you're always going to speak it and hurt people's feelings, that's not an honorable thing. It really is not. But but no longer am I teasing, but I'm asking, what will you be remembered for? God created you. He wired you. He made you. He shaped you to serve. Will people remember, you know what? She always served. And just little bitty things. And you never knew what, and until they were, it's like, well, who did that? You were wired for this. What will you be remembered for? You know? The, you familiar with the term the baker's dozen? What's that? 13. Instead of a dozen donuts, you got 13. Oh, where'd that come from? It's just a little something special. When you do everything that you do to honor God and to, To serve, God is on the move in your life, in your finances, in your business, in your relationships. When you do what you were created to do, God is on the move. It says, and we're going to wind down here, but in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26, it says, if you want to be great, if you want to be great, if you want to be great, it's the opposite of everything our world tells us about all them conferences and all. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all the others. And the more you serve, the greater you will become. You want to be great? Serve. Serve. Touch your life, you know? Y- y'all remember that little old lady? Everybody in the world knows her? Everybody knows her. Mother Teresa, known around the world. Why? Because she had a great business mind. She'd gone to a lot of leadership conferences. (laughs) No, all she did, she cared especially for the people who nobody else cared for. She cared for the outcast, For the people who were dying, she brought them into her home. She served and honored God. And what is she remembered for? That she cared. For the people nobody else cared for. But we can get caught up in the world like dog eat dog. Well, I got to be bigger and badder and I got to get mine. No. Just pour your life out. Let God give you yours. Serve him. He created you for that, you see. And that's what he wants us to do. So, We were going to show you a video of all the ministries that's going on in Faith Living Church and challenge you to get involved. Because of our time situations, we're going to save that for next week. But there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes everywhere that people don't know about. And there's opportunity for us to serve. Yeah, in Faith Living Church, but in your community, in your workplace, in your family, there's opportunity to practice serving and honoring God everywhere we go. It really is. If you're in a life group, you, you, know, you know what? Uh, some of our life groups, you know, they, they have little projects that they do together. You know, when we have communion, you know, the life group, there's a life group that gets together and fixes our communion. You know, and they, they uh, do that just as an opportunity to serve us. You know, life groups at VBA, a lot of times life groups get together as a team and they, they serve in a certain area. And we can do that, or we can say, you know what, our family's going to serve in a certain kind of area, and because that's what we were wired for, that's what we were shaped for, we're created and called to do. But I want you to think about that today and this coming week. You know, consider serving on a regular basis, and remember this: God will always top you off. Well, I'm just too busy. You're right. You are too busy. When we're too busy to do what God created us for, we're too busy. (laughs) We need to make opportunity to make a difference, to make our lives count. Well, our time is up. Would you bow your heads with that was God calling you to serve. <laughs> well, Father, if we hear your call to serve. And we're sorry for the times when it has really been all about me. But Lord, we're reevaluating things and we recognize that we'll reach our full potential and we'll, we'll find true, satisfying joy when we serve others and we honor you. Show us what to do, Father, today. This afternoon, this evening, and tomorrow, show us, help us to sit down and ponder and consider what we can do, for who we can do it, and to be ready every moment of every day to take a, a couple of minutes, give some of our time and our energy to pour a little bit of our life out to help some other soul. Show us how to go about doing that, Lord, we ask. And as our heads are bowed, would you join me in a simple prayer? A prayer to just uh, you know, reaffirm our faith in Christ Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you've never welcomed him into your life, but would you join us and allow Jesus to move into your life? Maybe for the very first time. And those of you who know him, to reaffirm your faith. Can we pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe you love me. And you do have a plan for my life. I'm sorry for the times I've missed it. But I ask you to help me to become conscious and focus on others. Give me ideas how I can serve and honor you. I open up my heart. And I welcome Jesus into my life. He who gave his life for me, he died on that cross. And he rose from the dead. I welcome him into my life as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm sorry for my sins. I receive your forgiveness right now. And help me live my life. In a way that'll make a difference in a way that will count in jesus name amen Amen. before we uh go your little weekly challenge says i am determined to focus on others and serve them in a god-honoring way this week if if you agree with these little small steps we have for you today just check that off, drop it in the tithe box. When you it says I, am determined to focus on others and serve them in a God honoring way this week. And then uh, if you prayed with me a while ago and you welcomed Christ into your life, would you stop at our desk back there? Get a little gift bag for you. It's got a Bible, a movie, some little goodies that will inspire your faith. And if you're a guest with us today, we have a nice, a nice gift for you. And just something, hey, it's my first time today. just a little something to let you know we're so glad that you came and we hope you come back. And if you need uh, some prayer, there'll be some folks around the altar here who would love to pray with you. And and I'm going to tell you, it is not too late to get involved in a life group. It is not too late. I cannot encourage you enough to get involved in a life group. Mike, are you back there? Mike? Kane is back there. He's our leader of, of life groups. And he's back there to assist you, help you get plugged into a life group. It will make a difference in your life. You know, when we get out of our own comfort zone, get to meet some other people, we'll talk about these things we're studying, and, wow, what are you doing? How are you doing this? And it, it will be awesome, I'll promise you that. You know, so I can't encourage you enough. And next week we'll show you the little ministry uh, uh, a video about all the different things that are going on here and uh, give you opportunities to get involved in those if you would like to. Greet one another on your way out, and God bless you. You are dismissed.